everybody. Welcome to a bonus episode of Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys. I would throw a game for any day. What's Aww. up, Chuck and Gene? That's very sweet, Dave. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zelak, and you can find me at Producer Gene. So, big week, huge week this week. Everybody's excited about the Eagles. Big game coming up against the Saints. So we're here to talk about the Flyers. <laughs> A little change of pace. We zig when everyone else zags. That's what Potadelphia is all about. I think that was our mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, honestly, I've kind of, um, I don't know. I've kind of phased out on the Flyers. I need to refocus. What is going on with this team? Um, and uh, Chuck, lead us through this. What is happening? Nothing much good. Nothing much good. I put it out there, uh, uh, I guess, about two weeks ago now that the Flyers were going on a, uh, a a span coming up of 11 games in 21 days. And that was going to be the season. You know, if we could turn the season around, we would have to get like 15 points in those 11 games. Six of those games have been played. <laughs> we have one point. That's not great. So if, yeah, so if we win out, oh. we would be below 500 for this. Uh, um, yeah, you said if anyone's interested in watching the Flyers, this is the time to get on. Yep. And they've lost every single game since. When, when, you, yep. when you made this prediction, did you think it would go this poorly? No. Uh, I, I thought we'd be below 500. I didn't think we'd get up to 15 points. I thought it really would be. Okay, swallow the pill. Just go take your medicine. It's time to tank the season. Three games into this stretch, it was like, oh, okay. Just forget everything I said. <laughs> like, it's time to tank the season. So right now, there's only one team in the NHL that has fewer points than us, correct? The Ottawa Senators? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so... so we're no know. longer... I mean, can we say we are no longer rooting for the team to win? I'm not. I mean, any given game that I am watching, I I am rooting for the Flyers to win. Now, before that game and after that game, I I'm rooting for us to lose. Like, I, <laughs> it, like uh, when watching the game itself, I can't actively root for them to lose. I just well, that's can't. Fair. Get I get it. But there's no point in winning right now. Um. Now, I I think there's a point to being slightly better than we are but not so much better we screw ourselves out of the draft lottery i mean the only thing you could be saying is the fragile psyche of some of the younger players is that kind of what you're alluding to it, that might be a bit extreme way to put it but yes that is what i'm alluding to i don't want there to be this i don't want people to go man it really sucks being here you know i went out of here like to really just hate being a flyer so, I mean, this season sucks, and it's time to pack it in, and it's halfway through the season. That's a really early time to pack it in. So you do wonder about you do wonder about morale, and I don't think it's going to be this bad throughout the rest of the season, 
but um well why well i mean why would it get any better because we're a better team on paper just pride well dumb luck i mean i, I don't the know goaltending sucks the defense is kind of non-committed well the goaltending sucks outside of carter hart so and i'm sure that makes right, you very happy right. to hear um but well, let's talk about real quick why this team is as bad as they are. And it, it, for me, it comes down to three reasons. Uh, first and foremost, the goaltending. Oh, man, has our goaltending been bad. <laughs> we had, let's just go through the seven starters that we've had this year. Um, we'll right, start let with... me go. All right, can I try to guess them all? Sure. Yes. Garth Snow. <laughs> Brian. No. Okay. So, um, Mason? Are you serious? No. Mason was not <laughs> the starter this year. <laughs> no, let's go there. So it's Neuverth. Yes. Um, Elliot. Yes. Uh, starter Hart. Yes. Um, Lion. Yes. Um, oh, I'm, I'm running dude, out. That Who goofy are the... dude from, from, from Colorado that we've already yeah, yeah. cut. What was his name? Um, you referred to him as Jean Luc Pickard. Oh, Pickard. Pickard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm out uh, now. Now I'm I'm done. Okay. Uh, another another goaltender from the AHL. Another one that had um, coming back from injury. Was it Stoli? Stoli. Oh, yeah. and we have our most recent goaltender. Uh, second goaltender of the year. We've picked up off waivers. <laughs> right. Right. What's his name? Uh, McKenna. Um, Mike McKenna, I want to say. See, I don't even know his first name. But was he playing so, like in a Sunday afternoon game? Like, kind of stop a shot, like <laughs> in South Jersey before he became a member of this team. But is that how we found him? No, we found him on the waiver wire. This was his third team this season, I believe. I think his third team within like a two week span. I could be wrong about that. Um, he was waived by the Senators, picked up by the Canucks, waived by the Canucks on his way to Utica, picked up by us. <laughs> now, just so just so you know, we've had two AHL goalies, three if you count Carter Hart, two goalies, well, I guess four, coming off of major injury, and two goalies picked up off the waiver wire. We That's need one more. Good. We need one more goaltender to start to break the NHL record. Is that right? We've already broken the record for starters. We need one more appearance by a goaltender to set the record for appearances. Okay. So, I mean, there I kind of feel like we got of... that. We got this record. We got yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, it's a long way to go. A lot more season left. Yeah, a lot more season left. So the goaltending. So goaltending is... number one. Is that the yeah. number one reason we suck? Yes. Number one reason we suck is goaltending. Okay. Number two, coaching. I don't know. Okay. Uh, what was your number two? I, I'm going to say number two was the down seasons by Proveroff and Ghost. Like they, Proveroff is having a definitely going to limit it to just them. Yes. Um, you got to throw JVR in there. Oh well, there's. <laughs> You're just going with my favorite person. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you sure you don't want to say something bad about JVR? No, it's. 
Okay. Um, Let's with, keep it to the young goal, the young defenseman. Well, not just the young defenseman, our top two defensemen. They were one of the most effective pairings in hockey. Like, definitely top five. I want to say like top two or three most effective defensive pairs in hockey last year. Now, they had tremendous years and they've been good their entire time in Philly. This year, they are both having a very down, down season. And so we've lost our top two defensemen. You know, so the people that carried our defense, are having bad years. So that certainly hurts. Now, it, is this a thing that happens in hockey? You just have like a bad year or? Yeah, especially uh, especially early on that, you know, it's the, the sophomore slump, you know, sort of thing of things are going fine for a while and then one off season, they don't prep as much. I think of Cole Hamels in 2009. Yeah, that's what I especially think of with Provorov. Uh, you know, he didn't get his off-season work in. Yeah, I mean, after was... hoisting that cup the year before. No, 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 really... no, no. <laughs> For different reasons. But Provorov didn't get his off-season work out, and he had a very short off-season uh, due to the injury uh, in the playoffs. And he just he's just never recovered. He has never recovered from that. Ghost just having a bad year, and occasionally... People just have bad years. The problem for Especially, us is they decided to have a bad year together. Yes. That that is a big problem. Uh Gudis has been uh you know fine to good. Sanheim has been pretty good, quite good, I'd say. Um McDonald's McDonald and he's been injured. Um Hegg has been good and Fullen's been bad, but he's your seventh defenseman. You don't want to use him anyway. Mm. Okay, so what's number three? Number three is that the team has quit. The, oh, okay. You know, like that is that usually doesn't help. That that's the one we're not recovering from. You know, this season. But you know, those top two factors were, you know, the reason that everything you know went awry, and then that third factor is you know, what's just dooming us to have a lost season. You know, I always kind of wanted to put Provorov and Gudis on the same defensive pairing to have, like, the cheese line. <laughs> All cheese. Prov- Provolone and Gouda. Yeah. I could get down with that. Yeah. I could get down with that. They'd pair well together. Yeah. You just don't want Swiss cheese on the defense. Oh, man, that's good line. Yeah. If more people are paying attention to the Flyers this year, you could totally break that up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right, let's get to the point of this podcast. What is the advantage of losing at this point? Well, uh, that would be because this draft coming up, um, I, I think is a fairly deep draft, not like remarkably deep, but the the two at the top, um, uh, Hughes and... Capo, Capo Caco, um, are both really highly, you know, lauded prospects. Um, with Jack Hughes, you know, being a, a real legitimate um, number one center, and you know, you know, with talent comparable to that of Patrick Kane. So. 
So he, what, he's what seventeen? Yeah, yeah, they're both seventeen. Um, if you draft a seventeen-year-old player, how quickly are they on the big team? Uh, if you draft Hughes or Kako, um, they are probably on the team next year. You're kidding me. I am not really? kidding. So you'd have eighteen-year-olds yeah. on the. So you'd have an eighteen-year-old center, and how old is Carter Hart? He's not very old either. He's like twenty, right? Yeah, he'd be twenty-one next year at some point. And so Nolan that'd Patrick. And be a really young team. Nolan Patrick is twenty or twenty-one. Yeah, we're already a really young team. Like that's that's one thing people are like, oh, I'm sick of this team. Let's play the kids. Guess what? The kids are playing. You yeah, know? and and that can be part of it too. And now uh, when you, well, I mean Morgan Frost. You know, I keep banging this Morgan Frost drum, but I mean he lit it up. He did. Uh, Morgan Frost is continuing to light it up. He he's making a case to get a long look at training camp. Uh, Joel Farabee. Um. He had a great uh, world junior um, on that same USA team as uh, Jack Hughes. And, you know, he makes a, a lesser case to get a look. So there, there's a lot of things in the pipeline. But if we, you know, stay where we are, we have a good chance of getting one of those top two picks and getting a real impact player right away with a lineup that's hypothetically still good on now, paper. We're still a good team. Now, <laughs> yeah. now to the uninitiated, the NHL draft is a lottery similar to the NBA. Yes. So the, the top three picks um, are the lottery picks and any team that doesn't make the playoffs has a chance to get them. Um. Right now, the Flyers are sitting at the second spot with a thirteen uh, percent chance and some change of getting the number one overall. I think we have a thirty percent chance of falling to number five. Um, and yeah. that'll that'll fluctuate. You know, it seem like it still doesn't seem like great odds. No, they're not. They it's put it's really not advantageous to tank in in hockey. It seems like. That was a recent change from the year Buffalo did it. Oh, God, Buffalo is brilliant when they did it because the worst, if you finish worst in the league, all you could, the, the worst draft pick you could get was number two. And they tanked in the year when there are two like franchise centers, Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. So, you know, they were shooting for Connor McDavid. They got the wrong one. Yeah. The, and I guess <laughs> but the one they great... got was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The one they got was great. Um, but he's not Connor McDavid, but there was a great promotion in a Buffalo bar of, you know, for the, the draft lottery and they had specialty drinks of a McDavid, McDavid or an Eichel. And if you ordered a McDavid, there's still an 80% chance you're getting a uh, Eichel. <laughs> it's not bad. No, that's so that that's, that's not yeah. terrible. So the incentive to tank isn't really there because we can't insure ourselves one of the top two picks, but we don't want to get too much better. I mean, we're, we want to maintain some shot at, at those, at those picks. Right. Now, uh, Gene, do you know what, like the, um, the odds of getting, the, like if you're in the NBA, the worst record, what are the odds of getting the number one pick? Oh, I, I'm not totally sure, but I think it's somewhere around 25%. It may be slightly higher. But I think the worst you can end up is third. Interesting. I'm wondering what the difference is. 
I think it's a matter two, of you know? that with the NBA, it's a matter of that your odds and you you won't fall back as far with the NHL. Like Chuck was saying, like right now we would we still have a thirty. We have a the best odds are for us to finish like five, even though we have the second worst record. So, I think so. I think in the NBA you're you're a little bit more protected within because think about how the Sixers were doing it we, when they were in their worst phase. They had two number ones, a two and a three, I think. Um, yeah, so was a in three. the NBA, the worst non-playoff team would have 11 chances out of 66 to get the first pick. So what's the math on that? This is riveting. That's actually um, slightly lower than a quarter. I'm, I'm on Tankathon, and um, Tankathon.com, that has your draft simulators, so... Um, that's a great way to get through a horrible game. Uh, <laughs> just like, all right, let's just run the, the lottery simulation. And <laughs> right now, it's saying that, you know, the 12th, 13th, and 14th uh, teams uh, in the lottery have a 1% chance. Uh, Cleveland is sitting at number one with a 14% chance for the number one overall pick. Whereas in the NHL... Uh, Ottawa has an 18.5% chance for the number one. So overall actually pick. it's slightly better. Yeah, slightly better. And the best thing about Ottawa being in last place is they don't own their number one pick. Oh yeah, that's right. Wait, seriously? Who has their number yeah. one pick? Colorado. Yeah. Like they need it. No. Okay. So uh, let's compare these two guys. So Jack Hughes and, and, Caco Cockroach. <laughs> Capo Caco. Capo Caco. Which yes, means it, we'll it, end up with that guy because Philadelphia has to have like the guy with the better nickname. Yeah. Is there any he, chance that he has a brother that's already in the NBA uh, NHL that is that is way better than him? Because that also happens to us. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Moneyball and I was like, oh yeah, remember when we got Jeremy Giambi? <laughs> um so they're both centers. No, um, Hughes is a center. Capo is a winger. I think left wing. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, um, Hughes is a center. Uh, on the smaller side, um, that's why they they gave one of the comparables as um Patrick Kane, and I I haven't seen him play a lot outside of the World Juniors. Um, I've only ever seen little video clips, so I don't know if he's as dynamic as the with the puck as some other smaller forwards like a Giroux, like a um, Johnny Goudreau, where I would want him to be at his size to be a little more dynamic with the puck. You know, uh, have a little quicker hands. I haven't seen that yet, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have that. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to um, probably go into some sort of uh, YouTube wormhole to watch <laughs> highlights of these guys um, in the coming months to prepare and, for this. And what's Capo's uh, comparables? Do we do we know what that is? Um, so his comparables, he's a bigger forward. Um, there was a conference to Philip Forsberg. Um, so... That's fair. I think, you know, uh, could be like a, a Jake Voracek type if we haven't soured too much on him. Um, 
I, I think he could be Voracek esque. I, I I saw him in World Juniors. He won. He he defeated us for the the gold medal in that. Um, he got the game winning goal for Finland. Um, and he he's a strong power forward. I I hope that he's the the Finnish like shooter type, you know, like uh, your Patrick Line, like your Teemu Solani. Um, but I think a more re- reasonable expectation would be like a Philip Forsberg, who's currently in Nashville. Mm. Okay, so in the meantime, what, what what are we what are we looking for? What are we looking at at the big club? Just like keep an eye on Carter Hart. Yeah, keep an eye on Carter Hart. Um, I'll tell you what, I watched the Blues game that we lost uh, okay. 3-0, and he had some amazing saves in that game. Yeah, he really did. He had the one, like, highlight reel one from, you know, post to post, diving, and and we haven't seen that much from Carter Hart. He's been much more a positional goaltender, but that was great to see. That was an awesome save. He's growing more confident. He's cutting down on rebounds. I mean, so that's that's a huge silver lining out of all of this, that he's getting to have his rookie struggles when it doesn't matter. Like a no pressure. Yeah. Like, you know, it, he's he's really growing into the role, and I'm not worried about him playing against a team that, that's given up. I'm worried a little more about I don't know your your Travis Konechny's, your Nolan Patrick. I'm I Nolan Patrick concerns me with his level of play. I hope he turns it around, or else he's going to be JVR part two for me. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- there's a lot of things going on there, but the the most exciting thing still to watch is um, is Carter Hart. Um, next might be Giroux. You know, he's having another really impressive season. Yeah. You know, if he manages to string another season like this, there are two seasons like this long, his case for the Hall of Fame gets yeah. a lot better. Is he our only all-star? Yeah, he's our only all-star. Uh, top three, uh, if you're going out to buy a jersey today, who who would you buy? Me personally or like the – like No, like we're talking to Joe Flyer, a fan who's uh, – yeah, uh, I don't want to buy a jersey. Who, who, who? What are the three jerseys that you, you would, are safe to buy? And Joe, today? please, you, please subscribe and and review the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, Joe. Um. So, yes the the safest to buy would be Hart. Ooh. Next safest would probably be Giroux. Uh, and, what's what's the length of uh, years you're going to get out of that jersey? Uh, I think he's under contract for another three. Okay, cool. I, I think I think Giroux is going to stick around here. Hopefully, if this if this team turns a corner next year, which I expect them to, or I hope that they will, um, I, I think Giroux spends the rest of his career with the Flyers. That's maybe a good doing... one. That's like a, that's like a jersey you could wear like for life. Yeah, yeah. post his career. Get away Even with if it. he went and spent like a like a a bad year and. In... Carolina or something like you'd, you'd still be. like you can still wear a Rod Brindamore jersey it's totally fine yeah exactly so Hart then Giroux oh man because now it's it's feeling like nobody is safe outside of that 
I I still have faith in Provorov. Some people have really soured on him. I would say Provorov next. And see, I would have said Ghost, but well, one of those two guys, right? Yeah. Um, the thing with Ghost is some people are eyeing up Sanheim as like a replacement for him. And also, he, he might have... I'm higher in Ghost than a lot of people. Um, I see Ghost ceiling as Eric Carlson, whereas originally I saw it more as Mike Green. Um, this down season ha- has really soured some people on Ghost. Um, but do you I, see them both sticking, or do you think that those are one? Of, I mean, there's gonna some, at some point we're gonna have to move some assets maybe to to get better, and and maybe that leads me into my next question is. They often talk about the Flyers in terms of, you know, we were always the team that never wanted to be bad, that would just go and spend whatever they needed to do, pick up a couple of veterans to to sneak in as an eight seed or a seven seed so that the fans would think that we were, you know, they would, would stay engaged uh, mm-hmm. as if they had like a, like a fear of having a down season because nobody would ever show up to watch a hockey game in Philadelphia again. I think that's completely unrealistic, but you know, I think that that's a perception. I don't know if it's a perception in the media or if it's a perception perception around the league. Um, so, going with that, do you think that part of the turnaround with changing coaches and GMs? Do you think that that was a uh, like a like an omen towards the the old guard wants to come in and shake things up and get real competitive real quick, or do you think that? they're going to be okay with having to have the fans have to suffer through. They kind of saw how the Sixers had their, you know, tankathon, you know, how, how the process worked. Do you think the Flyers are going to have like process junior? Is that not a thing that can happen in the NHL? And do you think that they're going to use assets like the two young defensemen? Maybe they move one of them, some other assets to try and, you know, get better. Either they get a couple draft picks, they get some younger players, whatever. What do you think? Well, I think they've already done process junior. And I mean, it can't be the same thing as the, the NBA just because there are too many people on a hockey team that have to play. Um, so even you have Connor McDavid and he can't lift the Edmonton Oilers all by himself, but it's, it's getting time to to maybe move prospects because we don't have room for all of them, you know, and it can't just be a team of young guys because it's, you know, they all would have to sort of peak and become NHL players at the same time. If we just look at our defensemen, we have on the team currently ghost Provorov, Heg, um, uh, ghost Provorov, Heg, Sanheim. That's four. We have Sam Moran on the roster, but injured, and he'll be coming back sometime in February. That's five. We have Gudis, who is a relatively young veteran, still under 30, um, who's pretty decent. And then we have uh, Friedman and Myers in the AHL. Those are eight defensemen. For six starting jobs, so yeah, might as well get some value if you can out of yeah, one or two of those guys. Yeah, somebody's gonna have to move. Um, somebody's gonna have to move, and you—it's time to supplement the roster with other players, with outside assets, with you know more experienced players. I mean, it's—it shouldn't be you know sell the farm for for win now, 
but we have enough pieces that we can sell some and quickly revamp this team. Hey, uh, if you guys don't mind changing gears a little bit, can we talk about this um, <laughs> Neuvirth faking injuries story? Yeah. and if, I want to know more about this story. What, what's going on here? Well, it's it's not really a story per se. This was a, a tweet from Anthony Sanfilippo. I'm going to bring it up here. I took a photo of it because... I worried he might have deleted it. Um, and he, he was didn't. the guy that broke the. Uh, he was the one that wrote that big, like, kind of tell-all, you know, Kitty Kelly kind of style story <laughs> about uh, Ron Hextall. Yeah, he he did. And you know, Gene, when he did that, you you said, well, he's at crossing broad, and you know, sort of saying like, oh, there there tend to be a little more rumor mongering or or whatever, and and yeah, you know, I, I didn't really comment on that because I I'd felt that way, but I I really like Anthony Sanfilippo's work in the past. And if you hear a butt coming. <laughs> <laughs> so on Twitter, he posted, um, wait, uh, Michael Neuvert is hurt again? Question mark. He must have had a bad game last night. Is that what happened? So he he's saying he's hurt again because he had a bad game. Like, and just to throw that out there. And so I responded immediately. Uh, what does that mean? It sounds like you're implying the injury isn't legit. He says, I'm not reporting that it isn't legit. No one can really say anything about an injury other than the injured person. But I can assure you that there are people, count me as one of them, who wonder about Neuver. That's all. I responded, are there any like-minded people in the organization? And he liked that response. <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, just just to his point, though, the the other people that can comment on an injury, they could at least tell us whether it's upper or lower body is the team. <laughs> That's true. And I, I thought this was a pretty wild thing to throw out there in a tweet. You know, I've seen comments in the past of the teams getting a little fed, fed up with Michael Neuvert. You know, and the constant injuries and all, which I get. I mean, it would be hard not to be getting fed up with it. But to suggest that his injuries coincide with him having a bad game. And... Well, it's something that a fan could correlate and throw out there. But when a reporter does it, it makes it feel like there's some sort of like inside knowledge about it but and we don't know w what it is whether it's just kind of like i'm connecting the dots here or i have well it certainly it certainly reads as if he's saying you know i have reason to believe that yeah. these two things are connected and i don't know that's not something and i'm you know we, we do this podcast for fun we try to to do it you know in a responsible, responsible <laughs> fashion, but we're not journalists, but that's not something I'd be comfortable putting my name on. Like, unless I was comfortable with like flat out stating like his, his injuries happen to coincide with bad games. Is there something there to this? You know, I, I'm not sure. I, you I decide. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I'd, I'd be cool playing coy with that. And let, let's say he's entirely right. Let's say Anthony Sanfilippo is right in this. Is this like dogging a guy for mental health issues? Like, 
I, I mean, it's not just lazy. It's not immaturity. Go, I have a bad game, then I fake an injury. And where injuries have derailed his career, well, and that's a mental health issue. That's not just being lazy or whatever he's trying to imply. Here's the other thing. Clearly, the Flyers have had no problem bringing in other goaltenders. Why would they? I mean, obviously, you'd have to have at some point some doctor in the organization has probably had a chance to look at him. I can't imagine that the way that the, the NHL works is the guy just comes in at the locker room and be like, I think I got a broken ankle. I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Well, we're going to give you an X-ray. No, no, not necessary. I, I, I know my body. I know it's broken. Um, four to six weeks. So I'm going to be like, <laughs> I got like four to six weeks. So I mean, at some point, one of the doctors had to take a look at him. So I, I'm guessing that that's the Flyers would have cut bait if he if they had cut, like once or twice come back and been like, well, there's nothing to this injury. They would have been like, well, then go goodbye. We're not going to deal with this. Seven of our goaltenders um, were at full health. I mean, he he's in the conversation as if you needed to win a game, he would be your best bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So the organization really doesn't have an option other than to put up with him because you're in no position to cut talented goaltenders or even moderately talented goaltenders. Well, right. I don't know. Right. Right now, might as well. Um, right. You know, well, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That, but, I agree with Chuck about that. But um, but we got rid of Mason because of his drama. You know they 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 thought Mason was too much too high maintenance, and he just whined a lot. Yeah, and I mean, well, I guess he whined a lot for Steve Mason. You know, <laughs> I think he could never shake that Columbus reputation that he had, and he talked to the media a lot for somebody who wasn't like Henrik Lundqvist. You know. But they they got rid of him over that. Yeah, the Flyers and... are not like notoriously known to coddle things. You know what I mean? Like that's not really their 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 rap. So it yeah. would be strange to me to think that if that's the scuttlebutt around the organization, if it's even something that's remotely discussed, and we know that there's got to be professionals in that organization that are looking. It's so funny to me that the the, the entire landscape of Philadelphia sports, all of these weird injury doctors like things keep coming up and all you know there's markel fultz there's wentz in his back there's you know noivy and his and his phantom injuries you know is is there any strange things going any phillies arms that may or not may not be amputated that we need to know about I don't, <laughs> well you know, vince velasquez is always every year right but you know it is what it is anything else on the flyers before we close out well um i think though the one thing want to touch on is just sort of you know things i would like to see happen with the team um you know i i think of the trade deadline we have to get rid of simmons like yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. like and and yeah, it's, we, i'm okay with him not being moved now so what i do think you want to get back for him the the short answer is i don't really care okay. um, just not nothing I, yeah not nothing i think we could get a number one pick from an elite team from somebody who's going to ha- draft late in the draft, um, I-, I have been trying to send them to to Calgary for a while now. But Calgary, uh, Toronto, Winnipeg, maybe um, uh, Tampa, any of those teams, uh, Nashville. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk that Nashville wants them to reunite with uh, Peter Laviolette. I was say Lavi. Yeah. He was Lavi's guy. 
Yeah. Well, he's a lot of people's guy. You know, he he's a kind of guy that hockey guys really like. And I think I think nothing's going to happen there until we get closer to trade deadline and his value is going to rise. And it could happen as soon as maybe, you know, two weeks before trade deadline. That's that's when things really get rolling. Um, I'd like to see Raffle gone, although I love him as a utility player. He's just not really, you know, it, that's not really a need of ours right now. And he's a, a UFA. Um, Jordan Wheel also going to be UFA. There's no real reason to bring him back. I'd like to see them all gone. Yeah. And in the end, you want us to acquire a couple of draft picks, maybe a couple of guys that we have some control over or just some things that we can end up getting salary cap room at the end of the year. Just so well, we're yeah. not just giving these things away for free. No, not giving away for free. But I, I, my mindset is with all we are going to do in the summer, like do it like draft picks of go. And I'm not saying trade for draft picks. I'm just saying trade for the best possible asset. Like, hey, we can get another young defenseman in here. Well, we don't really need no, another young defenseman. Well, we can trade that young defenseman for something else. You know, if we end up with more draft picks, let's say we trade all of those guys, get a first, second, third. Um, maybe we get slightly more than that. But actually, I think first, second, and third, um, one of each. And if that's what we come away with at trade deadline, yeah. we can package those to to move up in the first. You know, package those and um, a Vorobiev, who I am still like, but we don't need for a better a better prospect. Or Any, anybody know what, what Sam Hinkie's doing? Is there any chance he could come in and just consult for the trade deadline? <laughs> then we'd end up with 15 first-round picks and nobody on the team. No, no, no. You end up with 15 second-round picks. That's how Hinkie rolls. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's close out with this. I want everyone's pick. Do we end up with Hughes, Copohead, or neither? Chuck, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I, I, I just have this feeling that we're going to end up with uh, Capo Caco. Just, I, I don't know if I'm willing it into existence. And I really want, <laughs> just for just for chaos' sake, I really want Ottawa to end up with the top two pick, and that's going to make Colorado a really good team, and that's yeah. going to piss me off in the long run. But I just want it to happen. But I, I say we end up with uh, Capo Caco. Gene, I think we end up with a third pick. I think that that's that's how this happens is that we end up that ball comes out of the you know, it ends up being uh, the avalanche get the first pick because that's what's going to happen because that's the way this is all lining up. Uh, the Rangers or Devils somehow end up with the second pick and then we get Ooh. the third pick because that's no. that's how this works. No, we get the brass ring. Jack Hughes. Get your Jack Hughes jersey now. What number does he wear? That's a good question. I uh, I think it's a low number. Um, that'd be great. I mean, honestly, if we get Jack Hughes, it you know, things turn around in a hurry. So things... he's he's American. Is there any chance he's from like South Jersey or something to make him like become an immediate like? I mean, the only other debut that would be bigger would have been Gritty's, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
God bless Gritty. Um, no, he is from Florida. Um, yeah. he's with a. How the hell did that happen? Maybe he's from well, Clearwater. They... That's kind of like Philly. He's from a hockey family, so he was born in Florida. I want to say I'm looking on Wikipedia right now because I want all those all those hockey families in Florida. Well, his I think his father was associated with the NHL. His young his older brother Quinn Hughes um, was drafted last year. Uh, He has a younger brother Luke Hughes. So they're a new family of hockey, and they've been on the radar for for a while could they be the next sutters they could be they're they're well on their way to being the next sutters hey did anybody right, see, did it, before we leave there. before we leave one last thing did anybody see gritty doing the blindfold field goal kick in the stands oh the other God. night <laughs> that's why people are going to go to the games is to see that that scary monster that's that's the thing is that the big fuzzy monster that's the draw <laughs> That is, that is, and I can't believe we went on a flyer show this long without talking about gritty. Well, I mean, we have a whole episode like basically dedicated to him, so you guys can check that out. It's episode one called or episode zero called Mascots. If you haven't heard it yet, yes, gritty, he's wonderful. It was literally the day before gritty became a thing. You can hear what we thought was gonna gonna it be. Was, a that was nuts. The timing of that show was bananas. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's let's shut it down here. Um, Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode. If you haven't already, please like, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Um, Follow us on Twitter, at Potadelphia. Follow us on Instagram, at Potadelphia. Like and follow us on Facebook. Um, And until then, hey, we're going to be back Monday morning. We're going to be talking about a big Eagles win over the Saints. And that's pretty much all we're going to be talking about on that episode, unless something major happens, like Manny Machado signs or Bryce Harper signs. But until then, uh, have a great day at work, and we'll see you Monday morning. Go Birds! Of course, we end the Flyers episode with Go Birds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Flyers! Flyers!